Thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday here today. It is Monday, September the 27th, the first day of the work week. And as always, pleased to welcome to the program, Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you here on this Monday? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I oh, appreciate you taking the time as always. So let's let's talk about Meng Wanzhou here, shall we? I mean, the, the Huawei executive arrested in Vancouver in 2018 on suspicion she violated U.S. trade sanctions against Iran. Um, she was, of course, arrested in Canada at the request of the United States. And then shortly after Meng's arrest, China arrested and detained Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor on spying charges. China saying the two Michaels being arrested had nothing to do with the Meng Wanzhou situation. Now, this, of course, this is about three years in the making. We finally got to this point here on Friday um, with Meng pleading not guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit bank fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. However, she did admit to the basic facts underpinning the charges from the U.S. Department of Justice. All right, I could go on and provide more background, but I think people are pretty well aware of this entire situation and, um, you know, how we finally got to some type of a resolution here on this past Friday. Um, what does this uh, deferred prosecution agreement, what does this really mean? Uh, you know, I'm still trying to kind of exactly wrap my head around what this all means because she obviously admitted to some wrongdoing but didn't really plead guilty to any charges. So what, what does this mean from a legal standpoint right now? I mean, it's very similar to, and you'll probably remember this, something that was being considered for uh, SNC-Lavalin um, during the time that Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, was the justice minister. Um, at that time, uh, the story, of course, was that the government was trying to pressure her to allow SNC to enter in a, into a deferred prosecution agreement, which essentially says that you admit the criminal responsibility for what you've done, you admit your guilt, you, you lay out an agreement setting out the conduct that you're that you're guilty of um, and in exchange for that agreement uh, the government essentially agrees to defer prosecuting you to put it off for a period of time and so long as you don't do anything really bad in the meantime they just close the file at the end of that period of time so if you stay out of trouble don't do it again <laughs> they essentially close the file and you don't end up being prosecuted so does this sort of, I mean, obviously there's a whole bunch of other international relationship issues at play here, but when it comes to this, I guess, on the surface, does this sort of wipe Canada's hands clean of the situation for the time being? It does wipe Canada's hands clean of the situation for the time being. Because there's no prosecution any longer for her to face in the United States, the question of whether or not she has to be extradited to stand trial or to face the charges in the U.S. is answered. It's, she doesn't have to. She's entered into this agreement. There's going to be no trial. There's going to be no charges that she has to face. So Canada no longer has to continue the extradition proceedings because there's nothing to extradite her for. They're essentially frustrated by this agreement. Okay, so now she's obviously back in China, and we got the two Michaels home from, from China here on the weekend, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig making their way back home to Canada. I mean, it's pretty obvious, I think, when you look at the situation, like, hey, I know what China's saying, they have no relation to each other, but, I mean, yeah. the timing is pretty, pretty uh, coincidental then, if that were to be the case. 
<laughs> it's the biggest international coincidence in history. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very clear that there was some quid pro quo involved here. Um, and I think some of the discussion that's been happening sort of in the Western world as far as what the United States and what uh, Canada has been saying surrounding the release of the two Michaels has suggested that uh, part of the problem was uh, Donald Trump's refusal to enter into any sort of agreement with Huawei uh, to entertain any discussions and his belief that he could use the arrest and potential prosecution of Ms. Meng as a sort of a token in negotiating with China and ultimately a, a consequence to these two individuals from Canada. Okay, I, I mean, one of the things, obviously, that has really helped this whole process move forward is we know the Biden administration really trying to improve, I guess, its relationship with China. That, I mean, as we, we've gone through a whole bunch of other things over the course of the summer, whether it be COVID-19 or the Afghanistan situation or whatever, I guess there was probably a little bit of an allowance at this point in time that allowed uh, the, the the U.S. government and its officials to try to kind of work on this situation. Um, you know, Canada just finishing its election. I don't know if that timing would have anything to do with, with this. I mean, the fact that we had an election completed on Monday and then, you know, just a few days later, we're able to come to this. I can't imagine there's much of a connection uh, there in this, but I guess, does this still have a lot to play out when it comes to, you mentioned how Canada kind of has its hands clean from this for now, but U.S. and China, I imagine, are still in some sort of legal uh, fight as a result of this? Or, or, you know, how do you read what, what, what is involved outside of Canada's involvement here? Well, there are, you know, international implications as far as the relationship between China and the United States goes. You know, they've made this, this obviously made this agreement with China uh, to not pursue the prosecution of, of Ms. Meng. But we also saw um, that uh, HSBC uh, decided to cease operations uh, in the United States, which apparently played a very big role uh, in, the, uh, in the outcome of this. So there are, you know, major international business implications that I think will see um, have uh, lasting uh, effects, um, not just on the, you know, sort of immediate individuals involved, but as far as relationships business-wise between the United States and China, and then have incidental Mm -hmm. effects on companies that operate in Canada and the U.S. and in China, as far as their banking ability and their ability to continue business operations with having that door closed. One, one concern I do have with this whole situation now kind of moving forward is uh, from an international law. I mean, is, is there like a human rights violation or something that can be looked into a little bit here more from China's perspective? Because when, when you see how they basically used and held the two Michaels hostage, I mean, they can use this kind of a, a, a tactic, I suppose, if something else were to ever happen in the future. Like if you... Uh, arrest someone, uh, a Chinese national in in a different country, they can just say, oh, well, if we just, you know, arrest somebody in retaliation from your country, eventually you're going to let our people go. I mean, this is a a potential precedent for them to say, hey, it worked with Canada. Why is this not going to work in other countries as well? The public nature of this does possibly set a dangerous precedent, but I don't think that we should fool ourselves into thinking that things like this aren't happening all the time, just in a much less public way. I mean, the reason we were all so fascinated and so captured by the story of Meng Wanzhou is because she is the chief financial officer of a multi-billion dollar corporation, a billionaire herself who owns millions of dollars of assets in Canada, effectively a celebrity uh, as a result of that. And so we paid attention for that reason. 
But it's the same reason that I think China paid as much attention as it did, um, because she is a celebrity in China in her own right as a result of that and, and viewed as a success story and also somebody who's been very vocally supportive of the Communist Party of China, um, which, you know, of course, advances the government goals to have somebody as, as successful and as well loved publicly as her um, be uh, be. Uh, in the in the spotlight um, for those reasons, so I think you, you know there's there's more to it with the nature of her status. Right. We don't often see people of of that level of status. And had Miss Meng not been arrested in uh, in Canada at the same time, if the two Michaels had been arrested in retaliation for some other international arrest, we probably would not have heard as much about it here either. But Canada and the United States and other international partners would likely have still continued with the types of negotiations to get them released. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That uh, that that's a really good point. Um, last last question here, I guess though. But uh, is there anything that we should really read into this? Um, you know, coming forward now that this you know Michaels have returned home, Meng Wanzhou back in China. I understand China's foreign ministry is saying here that you know this is a. a, a something Canada has to draw lessons from. I mean, is there is there more we should be reading into that? Because based on your last response, I mean, this is probably something that is happening more frequently than we like to think or acknowledge, uh, but maybe it's not involving Canada quite as much. So this seems like a pretty big warning from the Chinese state media to say, hey, Canada, you better watch out and not involve yourself in stuff like this into the future. I mean, I kind of read that a little bit as posturing. Everybody knows that Canada has an extradition treaty with the United States. Everybody knows that Canada and the United States have a very close and ongoing relationship as a result of our proximity, as a result of the international agreements that that we have. So it's not like we're not going to act on our international agreements because China says you'd better watch out. But I will say that I do wish that we had seen an answer to some of the charter-related questions that Ms. Bung was bringing in her extradition hearing. Uh, The conduct of the CBSA officers that was alleged by her, their failure to read her rights, the delay in implementing those rights, uh, the allegation that this was done to facilitate unlawful searches of her devices, we've seen the law develop very recently um, to constrain the powers that border agents have when it comes to implementing people's charter rights. And this case could have been another example of constraining those rights and putting more obligations on the CBSA in conducting arrests at borders to ensure that people have their charter rights properly complied with um, in the course of those arrests. And I'm, 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 I'm disappointed that we don't see an answer to that because I think that would have been a big lesson for Canada as far as what they need to do at the border because historically we've just been relying on, well, you have fewer rights at the border because it's a border and national safety. But that isn't necessarily always legally correct. Right. Well, uh, I do you think this story is completely, you know, done from a, a public perspective, or do you think there's going to be more legs to this? I mean, we're not going to hear about it with the same frequency we have for the last three years, but I can't imagine that this is completely done with and we can close the book yet. I don't think we can close the book yet, but I think the big public questions that remain are now going to be related to the sort of international yeah. business fallout as opposed to international law. Right. All right. Well, Kyla, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you kind of answered definitely a few of the questions that I had over the course of this weekend. So I appreciate your time as always and uh, have yourself a wonderful rest of your Monday. Thanks for having me. Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee joining